When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI, together, will get you back on track. Welcome to episode number 90 of the bloodandmud.com podcast. I'm Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and joining me, as per usual, is the man who's usually the other side of the table, which is... Josh Gardner of rugbyshirtwatch.com. Sounding excited already, we like it. Delighted. But also joining us this week as a special guest for his second trip around the Blood and Mud uh, roundabout is the resplendently wonderful Mr. Mike Bubbins. Good evening, Mike. Of mikebubbins.com. Of MikeBubbins.com. Tickets are available. <laughs> How are we, boys? Yeah, yeah, not bad. We're good. Looking forward to this. You can get in touch with the pod at bloodandmud.com and you can get in touch with me at Lee. No, you can't. That was going to be work email then. Yeah. Lee at bloodandmud.com. <laughs> yeah, don't don't do, do me work email. email. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Lee at bloodandmud.com or there's bloodandmud.com. Mike's already very helpfully told us you can get hold of him at mikebubbins.com. And find out what's going on with the I net. Have, I should have mentioned that I update that website about twice a year, just so you know. So keep what you're saying is stay tuned. If you email me, I may not get back to you until the summer, but I <laughs> don't, don't think less of me for that. That sounds like me and work again. But it's uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And also, how, where are you on Twitter, Mike? Is it just at Mike Bubbins? Just is at it? Mike Bubbins, yeah. And what about you, Josh? People know this by now, but let's do it anyway. Uh, at Josh Gardner, at Rugby Shirt Watch, wherever Twitter's are sold. Exactly, and you know because you listen to this already that we're on Acast, we're on Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you want to stick the RSS feed, it all works very, very, very well. We'll start as we always do with the player spotted, which is where we get somebody to write in within. Well, somebody does write in and tell us when they've had a really quite dull meeting with a player, which is our favourite kind of meeting with a player. Andy Lewis emails. He mm. says a few months ago I was behind former Newcastle and Saracens lock stroke number eight Hugh Vivian. Remember Hugh Vivian, strawberry blonde, yeah. I think he was. Yes. Two different in two different queues at my local cinema. First the drinks queue, then the queue oh. to get into the screen. He says Hugh is very tall and was very polite to all the staff he encountered. That despite them being slightly hapless, he ordered a beer and a white wine. The beer was for him. The white wine was for the lady he was with. I don't know Standard. Standard. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Bacardi and Coke for the lady. Yeah. For the lady. Um, I assume that was his wife or his girlfriend, but they were having a detailed conversation about who was taking what. Wh- he's in a world of shit now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a fucking royally. Yeah. <laughs> you're having a conversation about who was taking which kid to which activity the following morning. That sounds ah, like okay. true married misery, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Once inside, his seat's the other side of the cinema from we, which I was quite glad about because, as I mentioned, he's very tall. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to sit behind him. He also says, "P.S. Seeing Hugh was not only the second most comment-worthy thing that happened in the cinema that night. The most comment-worthy thing 
was a film review I overheard from the woman in front of me on the way out. Who, and the woman said, that wasn't bad, but I thought it would be more uplifting. The film was Dunkirk. Those wars, eh? Feel good moment in British history, that. Yeah. Those wars. You should probably the crest of a wave after Schindler's List or something. That's what While that's on, somebody else has written in. Um, Stephen Playfer oh. sent us an email and he said, This is stupid, but I thought you'd hear it. This is from last week's Newcastle Falcons game. You know the half time interview, the halfway through the half interviews, which we all despise. Oh, they're awful. You'll hate those. Well, Nick, well, Nick Mullins went to Johnny Bell of Newcastle, and this is the first question that he asked him. Lost his defence all night, so it makes sense to um, have a chat with their defence coach, um, Johnny Bell. Um, marks out of ten for the way you kept your back door shut tonight, Johnny. <laughs> what, what, what do you reckon? <laughs> He's a... <laughs> I mean, that was a bet. That was painfully a bet, wasn't it? That was, yeah. He's made a tenner off that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's up the pub there. It's the fourth time I've heard it. I laugh every single time I hear it because I'm basically seven years old. Obviously, you expecting your back door smashed in? <laughs> well, is this a weird trend? Because we had Phil Davis with the penetrator coming at you hard from behind. Oh, yeah, that was your late first game. That was the last thing you yeah. want is the penetrator coming hard. Phil Davis said, and how right yeah. he is in many ways. Well, indeed. Or how wrong? <laughs> Depends how much Bacardi and Coke you've had, Mike, I imagine. Right, so let's go on to some news from this week. Josh, do you have any news for us to consider? Uh, yes, there was a little bit of news this morning in that uh, apparently everybody wants to play for teams that they uh, did not formally represent internationally. That's the long and short of it. Right. Basically, all, everyone who used to be an all-black now wants to play for either Tonga, Samoa or Fiji. Is this after the Rugby League World Cup, do you think? Uh, well, because think I'm not being funny that if I went to a Tonga game and saw what that Tonga crowd does, I'd want to play for Tonga as well. Well, yeah, but apparently, uh, and this is the list, um, we have Charles Pieto, Frank Halai, Marnonu, Victor Vito and Nick Williams, optimistically Nick Williams, I'd say. Um <laughs> Wanting to play uh, at the World Cup next in uh, 2019 for uh, Samoa and Tonga, respectively, because apparently there is a loophole that if you haven't played, if you even if you've been capped by somebody else, if you haven't played for that team for three years, you have a passport for the country that you want to play for, and you play for the country in an Olympic qualifying event. Such a farce, isn't it? I know, I know. Um, then you can you can swap allegiances. So, yeah, we could well have Marnonu, World Cup winner with the All Blacks in 2015, playing for Samoa. That list was like the John Cleese list from Mean and a Life when, you know, the kids got to collect their stuff from the coat pegs. It's exactly that, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a weird little loophole that I think is a result of uh, Sevens becoming an Olympic sport. Yeah. But, I mean, on the one hand, fair enough, because it's good that like all the Pacific Island countries that provide so many players and players like Frank Halai and Charles Piatow who haven't got many caps he's got 16 caps though Piatow it's not like oh, is, I was capped once actually. is it you know what I mean yeah somebody like Frank Halai who's got like three yeah and he's never yeah. going to play for the All Blacks again it's like fair enough and players like Nick Williams who's 700 years old it's like and 700 stone this whole debacle, I think, stems back to uh, like Shane Howard playing for Wales because his, you know, his grandmother was from Derby or something, wasn't it? It was 
it all got a bit tenuous and a bit and a bit silly. The thing with it? the the thing with the Wales one though is that back then there were no rules and people genuinely did believe that their grandparents were Welsh and nobody checked. That's what happened to <laughs> that's what happened to David Hilton. He played for for Bristol. Mm. He played for for Scotland for years, and then when they discovered as part of this thing when they investigated that his granddad was born in London, the entire family were gutted <laughs> because they genuinely thought they were Scottish. They were like, oh. My entire my entire yeah. identity is. I'm going to take the yeah, it's, off. Yeah. yeah, it's not just that you've lost your international eligibility; you've destroyed your entire family's sort of sense of self. Because oh, Brett well. Sinkinson's granddad was from Colwyn Bay, wasn't he? That's how he qualified, and then it turns out he was from Rochdale. Yeah, oh, was... it's north. It's north of here. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's good that like. I think if you've got a hundred caps for the All Blacks, that should probably be the end of it, though. I think like, the old days. I think you know when they. Um, I think it's nice for the for the, the South Sea Island boys to go to New Zealand, make some money, play on the big stage. Mm. You know, and if there's if there's way for them to go back there and play for their country of birth, yeah, I, I, I am really got a problem with it. But there should be some. There should be something a little more cut and dry than that, maybe. Well, it's like if you've got under like ten caps, say you can do what like you're more than welcome. Yeah, and to it was years ago as well. That's the yeah. other thing. If it was young donkeys well, years ago, yeah. and you were captain some daft tour somewhere or something like that. Yeah. Then, but Marnonu literally retired yeah. from international rugby yeah. with 105 caps, having won two world Marnonu cups. Marnonu so can't of, qualify. That's yeah. Ridiculous. I kind of feel like his race should have been run a little bit there, but. Uh. Anyway, that's the news. That's the news. Well, we've also got Alec Davis to sign for Ospreys. Is it cheering you up any? Josh? Um, not really. I, I didn't think he played well on Saturday, though. So I'll take it. I mean, it's better than having like a, a hole with Reese, you know, vaguely Reese Webb shaped in the Ospreys starting fifteen, like we will have next season. Otherwise, so yeah. Don't give me that. Don't give me started on that. The, the six cap thing. <laughs> what we've done to Reese Webb—that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, as if anyone in the WRU, who I don't like at the best of times, wouldn't go to France to do a, an admin job for three times the cash. Utter yeah. shit houses, all of them. <laughs> the WRU, by and large, shit houses. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. So, it? What's it's that in Welsh? A young fellow who's really good at his job, you can't go and earn money elsewhere because we want you to stay in Wales. That's ridiculous. What, 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 if the union was serious about that, why don't the union say... We'll pay you 100 grand a year on a retainer, and then your club can top up the difference. Well, that's the thing. It's like he was earning, like what they offered him double what yeah. the WIE and the Ospreys were prepared to. to it's just madness. Exactly. Of course, yeah. you're not going to stay. You can do that any job, isn't you? Yeah, yeah. especially it's... at the age of 29 with at best three or four years left in your career. God, exactly. in a heartbeat. I think generally, any. any... It was like the cricket with the 2020 thing. They had to eventually, they had to move the international season around the Indian Premier League. Because yeah. players were going to go anyway, yeah. so you either actually accept the fact exactly. and deal with it, or you know you just piss in the wind, which is what the you seem to be doing. I suppose from their point of view, they have to say, "Well, how else do we keep people here?" But then again, I always come back to the point it's of how they, they got hangers on coming off their hangers on. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a stadium really paid for. They got lots of money in, in the in the coppers set aside. You know, whatever, fifteen million quid, and give and give thirty blokes half a million quid a year, and then you know, let the regions make up the difference. But we've said that I've said this before. I don't really know what difference it makes. I don't see how Wales or Reese Webb suffer from him playing in France. He goes, to, he goes and experiences something else, and he's he's generally apart from that one extra international, he's available, isn't he? As long as you're released, it's, you know they need to sort something out. Like with the autumn national just gone now, like the the Welsh team on Saturday was 
essentially almost a B team because there's so many of the you know English boys were contracted and they wouldn't release mm. it for whatever reason. That needs to be sorted out by the IRB, right? There needs to be something done about that. But then once that's done, you can't stop someone making a, a good living elsewhere. That's just. Yeah. And the WIU can't stop that. To, you know, they've got to play that fourth test now because it makes them two and a half million quid a year, which is the entire pot that they've got for the national deal contracts. So it's basically like pays for all of the internationals yeah. doing one. And a game, million, right? a million of that is a pint every five minutes for everybody there. Apparently, judging by the well, news obviously. report. <laughs> I, I was there for the, I took my little boy to the Georgia game. which was his first. Uh, he's just turned eight now. Mm. First game of rugby at the stadium, and the Georgia game was all right. There's probably. It was over half full, but it was a nice, nice atmosphere, you know, a lot of families. But I, I was away, I was in the States for the New Zealand game, but friends of mine who went there said it was utter, utter carnage. And then, um, I, I love rugby, I love a drink, right? Those two things are probably my top two things in the world. <laughs> if you ever need something to fall back on, rugby and drinking is right up yeah, there. Isn't it? I mean, this comedy <laughs> thing doesn't work out. <laughs> rugby or drinking, right? But there were people there that said that the state that people were in during the game, like, I'd like to get a few beers, watch the game, maybe a couple more beers, and then have a proper drink after the game, right? But if you're if you're there smashed, apparently there are people peeing, it, peeing, and there's plenty of toilet spaces down there, people peeing not in the toilets, there were people falling asleep in the chair, there was all sorts of stuff going on. And the WRU, again, in, the, in their wisdom, come out with this, you know, they want people to enjoy the game and drink responsibly. They're the same dipsticks open in the stadium three or four hours before the kickoff with all the bars opening. And then wonder why people get shit faced for a game around. And also saying that everybody's got to be in the ground. Now, exactly. you know, the security thing, like, that is, I think, I went to a New Zealand game and it it was pretty fucking chaotic, to be honest. But, yeah, and, you know, it was fine. Five minutes in there and somebody offered me and my mate out for a fight. It was great. Um, <laughs> class standard, really. But, um, yeah. Now this security thing where they basically want everybody in the ground at least an hour to an hour and a half before kickoff. Well, the game before which... that. What was the one before the before the Georgia game, Josh? The Australia game, yeah. My friends of mine went there and his wife had a panic attack. They were in the queue for over an hour trying to get through the turnstile. And it was pissing it really? down as well, wasn't it? Oh. It was jammed in there, right? And so by the end, they could hear the anthems, they could hear the kickoff, they knew the game had started, then people were trying to crush even, even more towards the oh. At which point, because they knew they they could see a disaster happening, they just let everybody in. They didn't even check tickets. Really, God. You know, so what's the? I don't know. It was better organised by the New Zealand game, but yeah, but then people are in there two hours before kickoff, and And what else? And what else are you going to do? Is literally (laughs) there's nothing else to do but drink. Or start a fight. Yeah, at least that's what I found. Tell Mike what the bloke started a fight with you over. Um, it was over uh, my lack of uh, sufficient respect to the RAF band playing a jaunty version of Uptown Funk. Apparently, <laughs> I, should have been, I should I should have been standing for that. Apparently, I mean, I would have carpet bombed the pitch to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, it was. Well, uh, it was you know, I mean, I'd, I'd have had your back there, Josh. I'd yeah, I mean, in fairness, everyone around us had our backs as well, <laughs> including this guy's mates, who were very apologetic. But it was just... right. While yeah. we're, anyway, while we're rugby. on while we're on Welsh rugby, yes, I've had an email from uh, a guy calling himself Vegas Valley Boy. Yes. He, says, he says, hello, lads. Here in the US, I struggle to see the rugby of my home. I'm originally from Pontypridd. And since my wife died a few years back, I've had a lot of spare time in between gigs and love listening to your podcast. So I thought I'd send you this song about Welsh rugby. He said, signed off with cheers, Tom J. Don't think it could be, could you? Let's find out. 
FDP? It's not unusual for Cuthbert to knock it off. It's not unusual for Reese Webb to have a tan. But when I see Lee Hock and his head the wrong side, it's not unusual to see me cry. Lee's gonna die. Full yeah. song, everybody. George Northeeps and Nando's oh, all the time. Have you done a whole song? When whole I song. see him playing wow. for Saints, it's I such a crime. <laughs> if you should want Sanjay to be stronger than he looks, not unusual, it happens every day, yeah, no matter oh. what you say, <laughs> you'll see him do it all the time, my favorite, will never do what you want him to, <laughs> why can't creative senses be mine? Instrumental break, everybody, can you believe oh, this? I've, I've listened oh, yeah. to a lot of sitar. Oh, see, that's I've the culture. Coming back in. It's not unusual to be sad at Howley's plan. It's far more usual to be fucking mad at Howley's plan. If you should ever find that he's changed at any time, it's not unusual to find him eating jelly snakes. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Come on, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tom J. Tom, wow. there I you mean, go. That was definitely to, Tom Jones, everyone. I've listened to a lot of Tom Jones over the years, and I've never until now noticed that slight sort of northern twang in his accent. I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I don't I know I didn't know he mean. was from Lee. <laughs> like... I mean, that was the whole thing, which I liked. I mean, it wasn't just a little a, a soup song of it, it was the whole song. No, he, he, he's it, taking um, it very yeah. seriously, has, you know, very, Tom. Very seriously. Oh, I mean, hang on, Tom. Did you see the photograph I showed? I know that it's a podcast, but uh, Tom Jones. <laughs> this really movie, works. Yeah. Go on, Mike. This is Tom Jones coaching a kids' rugby team. Oh, that is wonderful, though. Yeah. Look at him in the centre there. I mean, as all good Welshmen, Mike had a pictorial. Uh, Book of Tom Jones. He basically had a pictorial montage going there. throughout that whole time. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I've let myself down as a Welshman to not have that to hand immediately. But I mean, at least Mike's keeping keeping the end up. You I know? love Tom Jones, fair play. Right. I don't, I don't like Delilah. I don't like Delilah. It's, it's right up there with uh, with Swing Low Street Chariot. The things I hate to hear. At rugby there was rugby. there was no yeah. way that the Tom Jones that recorded that was hitting the top note of Delilah. Let me tell I, you. I, I was I was impressed that Tom, yeah, for a man of his age, was still hitting those big notes. You know, <laughs> I know I know he backed out towards the end, but yeah, he didn't then, fancy that big one, did he? You got to know your limits. You got to know where you are in this world, right? Then let's talk about what we learned from the weekend. Yes, um, I learned that well, South Africa was better than last year, but not that's not really saying a lot, is it? Yeah, I mean that's last really last year was not very good. They really know. not. Yeah, it was like last year was like a game between two shit teams with zero inspiration between them and no quality to speak of. And this year was a game between two very mediocre teams. I think first a... half Wales played all right. I think first half was okay. Yeah. I don't know what they did. But I don't it know what's entertaining. Their back three was non existent. They didn't seem to play like a team. There was no there was no structure. There was no 
I mean, they had a good scrum, but we had a weak scrum. But I mean, oh. even the lineouts. I mean, just simple stuff like lineouts were poor. How bad must South Africa be to lose a game when that scrum of theirs was doing that to the Welsh scrum? Yeah, caving us in every scrum. Oh, yeah. horrendous. Well, it's looked like there's what there was like what Scott Andrews played eighty minutes of Test rugby on the weekend. Scott Andrews Scott... Test rugby. That's worth repeating. Well, yeah, but Scott like, Andrews is a man who. Sorry, mate. Go on. He's, he left Cardiff this season because he is unable to unseat a forty-year-old Tau Felice as the first choice tight at a Cardiff, and yet he played te- eighty minutes of Test rugby against the Springboks this weekend. It's mad. My next door neighbour. Um... Lovely old man called Vic, who was in his 70s, but he, he was involved with age group rugby for Wales um, mm. back in the day. And as soon as that, that selection was made, he said he couldn't, he hasn't been able to scrummage since the age of like 16. <laughs> he said, he's, a, he's, he's always got caned in the front row. He said he's, he's good on the park, he said, but he will get demolished in the front row. And I said, yeah. well, and that's what happened. And, and he knows that, and he's a 73 year old retired man. <laughs> <laughs> spends his time gardening. I wonder what the hell is Gatland doing? Well, it's like, who, in fairness to Gatland, who, Who the else? hell else are you going to pick? That's Literally, the terrifying thing. The well, yeah. Tom Jones. Somebody, somebody who's a big lad who can push. Tom Jones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a bit of time in his hands how his wife dies in between games. And also, and also, Tom's kind of got the sort of foliage and jewellery of a 1970s Welsh front row port- forward. So I would be... I think he'd fit right in. <laughs> Mike's Especially showing his foliage now. <laughs> right, so that was a. Uh, so Why, what, is what that what? your way of putting your hand up for contention? For I'm saying, like, I'll, I'll do a job. Hey, the phone, the phone's always the phone. My phone's on. The phone's on. <laughs> I was a back row player though, but that was about you know nearly five stone ago. No? <laughs> you, can, you can make the move, can't you? Yeah, yeah easy. Well, Gethin was a was a back row player when at the front row. Did all right. Gethin can play anywhere, anywhere, fly True. off, centre. True. Oh. Right, what I learned is that Wales is still poorly coached. It was covered up, I think, a bit at the weekend by the fact that, to be fair to Hallam Amos, he does actually have a brain. Because, the, because when yeah, he breaks the line, yeah. he actually does know what to do with the ball and doesn't completely shit himself, which helps. That was one of the one of the bright sides of this whole autumn has been that Hallam Amos is clearly intelligent. Like He's one of the few Welsh wingers that, as you say, breaks the line and then doesn't just... Throw the ball at his own face. And why should he get a shout, a decent shout? No, he should have been. You know, he should he should be. I've had two solid seasons of international rugby by now. You know. Mm. Well, he had that horror tour against in New Zealand whenever it was last year, yeah. where in fairness he did get badly yeah. shown up on defence. But no, he, unlike a lot of players who come in for Wales, have a torrid time of it, and then go out of the system, he's actually come back and worked on his game properly, and he's. Yeah. A lot better player than he was a year ago, I think. And a lot better than some of the alternatives as well. Yeah. Stage, yeah. yeah. Hadley Parks was, well, he was revelatory in that he just catches well, the ball and well, he catches the ball and straightens his run. But that yeah, seems he, like it's a genius thing to do these days when people drift across the field like, all the time. Yeah, he instantly looks like a Gatlin twelve, doesn't he? Like he's big enough to break the line, but he's got a decent burst and he's intelligent and he can pass. He plays his head up, doesn't he? He's, he's always looking. You know? Yeah. Every time he makes a line break, he's not he's not sort of happy with making two metres and that's that's the end of it. No. He's trying to make stuff happen after that as well. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's... It's, it's not hard, like, is it? Do you, no, what, it what, shouldn't what, be. You, get, though? you can tell within like a second. I watch a game and think, my, my little boy will watch you with me. I said, 
here we go. Even you can see a flat ball, you know, an inside centre come onto it at a pace, break the game line, and you think something's going to happen here now. And it's it's yeah. not rugby's not a difficult game to, to play. <laughs> no, we were saying exactly the same thing last week. Yeah. <laughs> there was times, to be honest with you, on the weekend, it kind of felt like the bad old days for Wales. I mean, we won the game, but it was like it felt like a weird throwback to those days when the Southern Hemisphere teams would come up and we would get absolutely humiliated up front and in the set piece and they'd beat the shit out of us and the scrum was a joke and every maul looked like it was going to be a penalty and like say what you like about Gatlin's Wales over the last eight years but that's rarely been the case for a while like What's we've the always f- matched them physically and we just got absolutely mullered by them and it's a miracle we won to be honest well, I was asking a mate of mine who's the, who's the Ospreys, I mentioned before, he's the attack coach with Ospreys, what the, what the ruck law was. Because, you know, two or three weeks ago these days, how much has it changed? Or <laughs> the application yeah. changed. We never seem to counter ruck these days. It never happens. People just back off. Mm. And what they did on Saturday, well, South Africa, is took us to the cleaners, the, the counter rucking. Yeah. How many times did we go in with the ball and they just rucked us off our own ball? And you never see it anymore. I thought, yes. well, you think after the... F- the first twice that happened, there would have been a change in the game plan. There was no set. That's the the, the problem that we had on the weekend, though, was this, that back row Falatawa sides. It's just, it's not test like. There's no proper test number seven on there. And Josh Davidi, he's hard working. I really like him, but and he had a game of his life against the All Blacks, but he got shown up. A so bit again. Josh. I mean, he had a good game against the All Blacks from what I saw of it. I was watching on my phone in a pub in Pittsburgh, but I mean. <laughs> That is the ideal way to watch it. <laughs> when Jerry Gus got saying he's he's in his all autumn international fifteen, mm. what's he watching? What is he watching? <laughs> well, he has he has you know if he gets into space, he can you know he's a quick, skillful lad, and he's he's quite he can truck it up a bit as well. But you know that that try that Warwick Gallant scored on the week of the first South Africa try, that was him just missing a fairly regulation tackle in midfield yeah. and letting him run past him. And yeah. Sam Warburton's not going to do that. Justin Tipperick's not going to do that either. Is Tipperick injured? Why, why, isn't he, why wasn't well, he in the centre? Tipperick, apparently, somehow in the like seven seconds that he played in that All Blacks game, he managed to injure himself, which is brilliant. But like, yeah, Sam, you know, Navidi is Wales' seventh best uh, open side. And that's how badly our seven reserves were stretched this autumn. And fair play to Navidi, he played well, but it showed particular more than any other game, I think, that we've had. Our lack of some quality in the back row was really shown up by that South Africa back row. They were very, I thought they were very good, to be honest. As dog they were, they were, they were, the they were probably the best really, thing about the team, yeah. Yeah. But you got a front row or a front five that dominate like that and, and make the scrum go where they wanted to go when they wanted to go I mean that yeah. helps their back row and their, their nine immensely doesn't it you know we we were absolutely mullered in the scrums all game and the line out as well which has been going relatively well on the whole it just do you know what just... I thought that was so poorly officiated if, I mean I know line outs these days yeah, it's a free for all yeah oh. But I mean, it was literally two meters off off the off the centre line a couple of times, and especially those short line. I don't think they even bother with that anymore. It's like they don't bother with forward passes; they've just given up. That put into scrums, throw into lineouts, and and forward passes. They're almost just not even bothering with anymore. The scrum, the front ball of the scrum, they did a couple of quick five meter throws to, to the to the front jumper, or the front the front man of the line. I mean, it, it wasn't it was no it was five or six feet off the centre line. It was ridiculous. 
In which case, why bother? You know, just say have the ball. Do it. Do it rugby league style. Say there's the ball. Play well, that's the way we're heading. Unfortunately, isn't it? Is that you know, if they can keep not really bothering to enforce these things, eventually it is just going to be like. I mean, it is supposed to be a way of restarting play, I suppose. But I think the thing it does about... take a bit. Yeah, it just takes a bit of the competitiveness out of it to just make it. You know, bring, un- relatively uncontested. To bring it back to sort of where Wales are now, it's hard to know, really, because I think they no. look better in parts. But the thing is, I come back to my point, I don't think it's anything to do with the coaching. They look better in parts because Amos looks good when he breaks the line and Hadley Parks looked quite handy and Owen Williams looks all right because they're slightly better ball players at 12. But there doesn't seem to still be anything you can hang your hat on in terms of what they're trying to do. And Jeremy and uh, Jiffy said on Scrum 5 at the weekend, oh, that, you know, these coaches having to learn how to do this on the job while they're doing it. It's just, well, how can that be the fucking case? Mm. It's also, unbelievable. They, yeah. they have to do a job once every three or four. Like, what has Rob Howley, Gatland, and Edwards been doing since Imagine June? You, Josh, you're going to get angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they've gotten, you know, they, they have to work for a grand total of, like, I know it's a fucking hard job, and I wouldn't say that it isn't, but they've only got to work for, like, ten weeks a year. The rest of the time, they could just be doing stuff. The rest of the time, like, Warren's on the phone to Bryn, crying. Yeah. Oh, bless him. Oh, yeah, I don't, I mean... I'd, I'd never see Howley look anything other than completely shell shocked whenever you see him. <laughs> Though I explained to a mate of mine the other day, you know, being a, a Wales rugby fan, I'm always excited when they win, but I'm equally surprised. I mean, isn't this never? Oh, yeah. I don't expect them to be anybody. I, I didn't expect this to be Georgia. I don't, certainly don't expect us to, to win games in the Six Nations. You know, it's it's oh, it's a lovely surprise when it happens, and, and yeah, sometimes yeah. we string together two or three of them, or maybe four or five. But I mean, after, it's it's never it's never like. Um, I st- yeah, we come in from a base sure, level yeah. of this is we're going to lose this. Maybe that's why Howley the... looks so surprised all the time because he doesn't expect maybe. it to happen either. Yeah, yeah maybe. But I think that's why we enjoy it so much when we win things like championships and Grand Slams. It's utterly, utterly unexpected. <laughs> Howley always looks <laughs> like he's just like his old bangers just started against all odds. You know, like it's a cold winter's morning and he turns a key. He goes, "Ooh, look, oh. it started." <laughs> and then you got Robbie McBride doing the forwards. I mean, I like Robbie McBride, but come on. There's a fellow who, I don't know, he wasn't renowned for his line-up play. He wasn't always thrown in or anything else, or his, you know, his set pieces, I don't think. Um, that was the thing with Robin Bright. Like, he wasn't, like, it's not always the case that the best players are the best coaches. Don't get me wrong, but, like... What's the one noteworthy thing that everyone knows about Robin McBride? Interestingly, it's nothing to do with rugby, is it? He won what Wales, is it? He won Wales' strongest man. He did. That is true, Yes. And that's what people always mention. It's like they? when they just say about Tom Sheridan for England, you know, what, what, how much you get bench pressed. Oh, Andrew yeah. Sheridan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. oh, sorry, yeah. Andrew Sheridan. The only ever mention was how much you get bench pressed. And that one oh, World Cup game against absolutely Australia. Anyway, we could talk about Wales for about an hour, no doubt. Yeah, but, uh, so we probably already have. Yeah, well, we've already talked um, about the Springboks, and I learned the fact that their fullback was basically like a sort of cartwheeling giraffe. Yes, their entire back three, let's be honest. Yeah. They didn't know where each other were. You'd see, like, if, if the winger came up, the fullback would come up. There was, there, was, there was no sort of communication with that back three whatsoever. They no, had a serious spatial they... awareness problem with the ball as well. No yes. idea how <laughs> the just... hands and the ball are related um, when they come well, in. Do you remember that the winger, um, Warwick Gallant, got famously kicked Troy. up the arse, yeah, yeah, famously kicked... Uh, was it Jan Serfontaine kicked him up the arse with the ball? <laughs> In a yes. Super Rugby game, when he was trying to do a clearance, because Galant squatted down in front yeah, of him, didn't he? So he down in front and he of him, but not nearly enough. Properly from like 
point blank rage up his hoop, basically. I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, you're watching that shortly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but therein lies, you know, communication is not his strong suit, clearly. And judging by What's every it? time a high ball came anywhere near him. Well, how was he supposed to communicate that? Don't kick the ball straight up my arse. Let's be... Well, I mean, just <laughs> get out of the to... way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he did a lot. To be fair to Warren Gant, he did a lot of getting out of the way on Saturday afternoon, <laughs> yes, i.e. any time anyone came anywhere near him and he didn't have the ball in his hands, he was definitely getting out of the way. Not interested. The, the, the Javier Garbajosa defence. Not interested. Indeed. He can't, can't win the poor fella, can he? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, other things I learned unrelated to Wales South Africa, um, yeah. I learned that the race is on to see which insane big checkbooked club owner is going to regret signing Quade Cooper this time next year. Oh yeah, he's been like Brad Thorne said, enough of your shit, fuck off. Yes, <laughs> which is the most which is the most Brad Thorne thing. That is peak Brad Thorne. He's taken one look at Quade Cooper and gone, <laughs> yeah. not, not fucking likely, mate. Yeah. Shouldn't have thought so. As somebody just um, wrote something for the pod today, for the for the blog today, Mel, and he said one of the reasons why is that he's probably asked Quay to defend his own channel. And Quay, well, well, and Quay's gone, oh, fuck that, no yeah. chance. There's a fella, like I'm a big NFL fan, who would be absolutely cut out to be just an offensive player. Yes. You know what I mean? Bring Quade Cooper on. Yeah. Just, uh, a sort of... just do your little jinx and you throw the ball behind your back and fart around <laughs> with it, you know. <laughs> but who's going to sign him? I mean, smart money's Japan, but... Tell me this doesn't have Steve Diamond written all over it. <laughs> Steve Diamond and his clown car farce at sale. Or Murabujalal at Toulon again. Can you imagine Mike Forshaw's face when he brings him in? I've signed yes. him. Look, I've signed Quade Cooper for you, Mike. Good luck, lads. Mike Forshaw, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see him go to Connacht. Because can you imagine him trying his fucking mad sidestepping <laughs> shit? With a thirty mile an hour wind in his face at the sports ground, yeah. Try your How fancy is he shit. Now? Is he? He's got to be late twenties. Is he thirty odd? Let's find out. Are you, are you googling or am he's, I? He's only twenty nine. Wowie. He has been around forever. Did he get caught burglaring once? Probably. <laughs> Sorry, allegedly. Let's I don't know. If that's let's, true just com- let's just commit a libel. And <laughs> just, move yeah, on. yeah. He's a burglar. <laughs> like, let's leave it at that. Well, speaking of age, guys, I'll, I'll go off topic and I'm back to Wales slightly. Yeah, um, and on off international rugby for a second. I watched the um, the Dragons game on the weekend. Oh yes. yeah, yes, yes. Gavin Henson had an absolute brown of a game. He best genuinely at the moment best ten in Wales. I think so. I say, I say it's astounding. Like what what happens when he's like fit and has a run of games, even it's though just, he's thirty two. Hand was immense. Oh. His game management was brilliant. I thought, I thought they were so unlucky to lose that game on, on the week uh, to draw that game. Yeah, they really deserved to win that. The Dragons. They played some great rugby, but he was just martial on it. He played fantastic. I thought. Yeah. And you look at them going. You know, they are genuinely for all of the sort of things that's happened there in the last couple of years. They are going places now. You know, they're they a young signed... they got, apart from him, obviously. But I mean, they're they're a young side, but and they're doing that with no money. They got no real money there. The crowds are coming back now, thank God. But I mean. Yeah. But look at who they've signed now. They've got, you know, they've signed Ross Moriarty. That's yep. absolute box office. They've got Jordan Williams and Roger Davis from Bristol, both excellent players. Ashton Hewitt, Tyler Morgan, Jack Dixon, all excellent. Leon Brown played for Wales, as did Corey Hill. And they're probably going to get George North as well. And I tell you what, that is a fucking That's... banging team. Yeah, Corey Hill's quite... Um... Quietly, I was really impressed. Quietly been quite impressive, actually. I think. He yeah. likes he's likes to get into it, doesn't he? Which is Here's kind of thing. what you want. 
here's the thing about Henson, because me and Mike had a bit of a thing on Twitter the night about how old he is. And and Mike's just, you know, making a point about wanting to ignore that. But <laughs> but when you think about it, actually, the amount of time he spent out of the game or moving between oh, clubs and not getting much games, he's probably quite a young 35 in terms of games, isn't he? Yeah. But well, then again, he did start early. You can tell I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I'm speaking as a thinker. You can tell, but basically, I'm trying to work it through. Yeah, realistically, basically, yeah. he left the Ospreys in 2009-ish, thereabouts. Correct, yes. Yeah. And he didn't really start playing consistently again until he started playing for London Welsh in 2012. Like, he had a bit of, he had a couple of games, of the, he had eight games for the Blues, he had... No, actually, looking at it, appearances, I'm, I'm on his Wikipedia page, yeah. between 2009 and 2013, he played a grand total of... Blah, 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 blah. About 15 games. 20, 21 games. Yeah, that's what I mean, see. So he's basically written off, like, effectively, the prime of his career. Let's not beat around the bush. But, yeah, you know, three well, or four years of his career. Like, I was, well, I was chatting the other day about it with you on, on Twitter. I, I sent that link of sort of over 35 players at the World Cup. But like, like, like you're both saying there, you miss that punishment. You miss that... Yeah. Like, Punishment in you know week in week out, and he's always looked after himself, Kevin as well. He's always been in good physical nick. He's always been a bit of a gym rat. He's always all right. He likes yeah. to drink. I mean, he's always he looks the part. You know, he's always trained well. So if he if, and he stayed because he hasn't played, he stayed injury free apart from a couple of scraps in pubs or whatever. You know, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he looks like he's, he's a thirty-five year old man that looks you know twenty-nine. He doesn't look like yeah, a thirty-five year old. Definitely, and when you look. When, you know, he's and he's still like for all of the talk about his lack of discipline off the field, which is you know obviously is well documented. He is a ridiculously professional player on the field. Like he still does that thing apparently, of he brings his own, he prepares his own meals ahead of dragons training because he doesn't trust anybody else to sort of monitor his his you know nutritional intake and he drives from camper van to training and makes his own food in a little fucking mini kitchen in the back of a camper van because he's still obsessed about it and he's always done that and he could play until he's 40 because it's not like he said he's got any pace to lose because he's never been quick he made that one line break on, on the other night didn't he and, he mm. goes, and he, even the commentators and mates were giggling I mean <laughs> yeah it's, he's never it's been quick a long way away that trial didn't it but I mean <laughs> break was lovely and the other pass was great so yeah and that's all he needs to do now is he needs to make the break and then put somebody else through which is what he can do and apart from Bowden Barrett how many tens actually do <clears throat> make breaks and speed off and they don't well, exactly. do they how many pivots yeah. around the world actually play like Barrett very few yeah, yeah. so yeah well, so look, it's never going to happen there. though it's nice to talk about it but it's never ever going to happen he's not going to play for Wales again but it'd be oh, nice God, to think no. about it but I don't know though do you think I, I'd like to I think Wales I'm going to start a campaign for Gavin. <laughs> Gav for Wales 2019. You can update start it at MikeBubbins.com in the summer when you go back and update it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think if nothing else, I think the Dragons have got their 10 for the next two or three years while they start to rebuild themselves properly. I'm going to go down and see a few games. It's only sort of eight miles away from me and I've had enough of watching the Blues, so... <laughs> Don't fucking blame me. Well, that's, yeah, and I think I know a couple of people who've gone, oh, I'll go down and watch the Dragons because all of a sudden they've got some of the most exciting talent in Wales and they're playing some of the best rugby in Wales. And it doesn't look... And it, and it rugby plays an old school ground as well. It's great down there. I love it. Yeah. And it doesn't look like a boating it, lake anymore, which is handy. It, there is that, exactly. Yeah, you can go to it between November and February and you won't have to bring your bathers. <laughs> so, 
Yes, Newport Lido. Yeah. Big yeah, up the drink. Yeah, so fair dues to them. What else have we learned from the weekend? I learned that, uh, to dip into the Premiership for a minute. Vincent Cock, the prop for Saracens, runs mm. better lines than probably every single back I've seen. He does every run single week. Line, he runs he? his and and so did that number eight car for Wasp. Beautiful line. Yeah, off the wing. And uh, we spoke. Where about are this they being quite... taught this that our well, lads the, aren't? Well, and the backs aren't being taught it. No, the angles that backs cut are generally abysmal. Because they're all doing that block running and drifting across the field and passing behind the man and all that shit. No, like Mike said before, just cut the line on a flat pass and believe me, that works. Bad, but yeah. Well, the thing with you, you, you alluded, to, alluded to it then. You watch it, it's so bloody regimented now. There's two dummy runners. No one thinks for a one fucking second they're going to get the ball, right? They're just putting that ball beyond the two dummy runners. It's always the same thing. It wouldn't hurt once in a while. For a back row player, like in the old days, to stand behind 10 and come out of that flat ball at a bit of pace, you know, but really make people make a tackle, be mm. abrasive, you know, take a ball forward. Those two dummy runs jogging past there reading the paper. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to achieve. When I was at university, we played rugby league. I would dummy, we used to signal our dummy runners by shouting, calling for the ball by shouting, oranges. Yeah. But the thing is, it was within two seconds that the opposition, you know, you go, oranges, and you come running through. And so people would go, yeah, we figured that one out now, mate. We know you're not getting the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. wonder if it's more advanced at test level or if there I bet is it's just... not. No, it's probably not. Speaking of Saracens, actually, they are in a proper rut now, which is quite exciting. Five the bounce of this, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, three in the league, five overall. Like that's the most games they've lost. Two in the Anglo Welsh Cup, which doesn't count. I well, say yeah, that. <laughs> but still, that's the most games. That's the most games they've lost in one stretch since two thousand and eight. God, is Why it not that long? Yeah. Uh, Got Brian Davis from Barry, a mate of mine. He was captain of the Saris before when the game was still amateur. Mm. I think he, I think he captained under the, the the year he went professional. He was captain, and he just got a phone call. He, he went from being captain to being dropped <laughs> <laughs> within like two minutes. Yeah. Well, for years they won nothing, did they? They won the Tetley. Well, they, they won the yeah. Tetley Bicket Bit of Cup in nineteen ninety seven, did they, or something? And that was the only thing they won. And that it's hard. Was... To, it's hard to sort of really kind of reconcile that Saracens where they were watched by about 15 people and a dog. And a bloke and called the, Brian Davis was the scrum half. Yeah. Brian Davis, right, yeah. And, and now they're... This, this shit, get him off! <laughs> <laughs> but now they're this just, you know, relentless fucking soul-crushing tournament. Well, usually they're that. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm quite enjoying them losing. And they lost with all their internationals as well. It was great. Well, apart from Exeter, everyone's been rubbish, haven't they? Yeah, or and different variations of rubbish. Well, I mentioned before, I think I probably bored you with it. That's my old club, Exeter. When I did my teacher training down at St. Luke's, I was the strength coach for Exeter Chiefs. Well, they were they became the Chiefs that season. So, mate, to my Gary John, who's now in the WIU, got me the got me a job down with Exeter Chiefs. They gave me a car and all that sort of stuff. It was quite nice. I was just a student, so it was really nice. But um, Rob Baxter was the captain then. He was he was the second row. Really? Yeah, yeah. And my, one of my claims to fame is I made Rob Baxter cry doing squats once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that's possible. Photos, it never <laughs> happened. <Yeah. laughs> well, I'm so, so chuffed for Exeter because it's such a good club. Rob's a top man, you know, he's, and they've always done things England. the right way down there. I he's really got like the England coach next, surely. Oh, he's a he's, he's a top top bloke, you know, and they're doing so well. If only it wasn't for the fucking mascot, eh? We could all be really happy for <laughs> him. Well, I, I was there when they, when they had the meeting about changing the name to the Chiefs. I went to the meeting because the, sort of all the sort of staff went to this meeting and there was a big press launch. 
and they brought this sort of Washington Redskins logo out, you know. You're call yeah. it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Not going to age well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. We, we, can't go, we cannot go into that, down that rabbit hole no, again. We've no, been there so we've often. Been so many times. And everyone's um, heard it. So what else yeah, I'm Chuffer X, I'm Chuffer Rob. I, I'm pleased know. them as a club, to be fair. The fact I've met, it's I went to the Premiership like, final, I spoke to the fans, yeah. and a great bunch of people, you know. But yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's a bit of proper sporting success for that part of the and world, and they're profitable as well. Never, they're like a proper yeah. model of a club. They've always been in the black. They've always operated in the black. That's like yeah, a they're, of they're, they're the only club in the Prem, aside from maybe one other Newcastle, maybe that aren't pissing money down the drain <laughs> every fucking year. So fair play to them. What else did I learn this weekend? Regard. You know, you, you know David Wade can't defend? Yes. Right. But then, Christian Wade, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say. David, David was, Wade. Is he a darts player? That's why I didn't say anything. Then. <laughs> yeah. I just I lost it. I was just going to say nothing. Yeah. Christian Wade gonna, can't defend, gonna... right? David yeah. Wade can't Christian defend Wade either. Christian Wade is rubbish at rugby, yeah? yeah. David, <laughs> David Wade can't cover his 19, his 19 cover is terrible. And Christian Wade <laughs> is a um, terrible defender. But you know, yeah. sometimes it gets brought into sharp relief. Did you see the try that Holmes scored? For Leicester, where he went past him and Christian Wade had a go at him four times. It didn't get him <laughs> until Holmes handed him off again. And then Christian Wade did that brilliant kind of running, stumbling, falling flat on your face thing as yeah, Holmes just jogged like in to make a try. To make it look like you've really tried your hardest, you fling yourself to the ground and roll around a little bit. <laughs> then, so that, pretend, then pretend you know, to be injured gave, and get a physio yeah, on. Your absolute best efforts. You pull, you pop the hammy trying to get him, but. But yeah, it's you know people often say why is he, he is playing for England that, and stuff. But he's, that is why. That it's is really because exactly. you know you talk you talk about talents like Shane Williams, but Shane did enough in defence. He wasn't great, oh, but yeah. he did enough. Christian yeah. Wade really doesn't do enough. Doesn't. Shane <laughs> to use his head. I mean, I mean, it's top two inches. Yeah, yes. as opposed, as opposed to literally up. using his head like Lee Alpenny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although his top two inches was, was most of his height as well, which was <laughs> yes. Most of that was hair at a lot of points in his career as well. Let's face it. Did you learn anything else, Josh? Um, I learned that Tim Nally Williams signing for Claremont shouldn't be allowed because, come on, are they not good enough already that they need that fucking guy in there as well? Yeah, but Seriously. just think about who's going to be throwing the ball to him. Well, I do. Yeah. <laughs> he will be really bored. He He's will. coming from the Chiefs, which can play possibly <laughs> the most high-tempo rugby in the world. To having Greg Laidlaw sort of mail it to him via third class. Yeah. Bless him. Obscene. What else I learned this weekend? Lime Green is Northampton's crib tonight. You know, they can't win in their Lime Green horrific away yes. shirt. Well, yes. they played against Newcastle, who got Lime Green in their shirt and were shit and lost again. Wow. So I think any time, I've worked out it's any time they're near Lime Green, it, it doesn't is it, go well. They just don't like it. Wow. It's a weird I'd thing say, to have I'd a say rugby team or football team playing green anyway. How daft is that? Leicester, I've often I thought suppose, that, but, but with yeah, a but it is silly to play oh, in green. The yeah, <laughs> there was a who was it? I think it was one of the uh, New Zealand Super Rugby teams had an all green uh, kit last year, an away kit, and it was genuinely impossible to see them. <laughs> it Pop was green, yeah, that's yeah. Was yeah. that one of those magic eye paintings from the nineties? It's like let your eyes <laughs> drift out of focus until they all appear out there. <laughs> Basically, yes. What else have we learned from the weekend? A week is a long time in rugby of your Byron McGuigan. Yes, that He went didn't... from being a Scottish superhero last-minute call-up last week to being red-carded for two yeah. yellow cards, actually, this weekend. Yeah, which is a, a 
proper curate's egg as far as rugby's concerned. How often do you get two yellows? Yeah, you don't. You really don't hear that. Really, that don't. Usually, you get one and you fucking behave yourself. Not if you buy him a What about the straight? What about the straight red for um, Felice in the in the Blues game? Have we, have we seen that? I yeah, seen that. I I I sort of was Very like controversial. Yeah, I understood the controversy, but it's kind of like if you the thing that annoys me about that is that if there are no definitive TV, like they went to the TV replay and there is nothing definitive on that TV replay. However, it does kind of look like from where Nigel's standing. That he could see that he kind of dipped the shoulder in the head area, which is red these days. Well, instantly. I think yeah, I think I mean, Nigel's hands are tied because because the law, you know. But um, I was out of chat with my elderly neighbour again then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did Red up. What did Red say about it? What did Vic say about it? <laughs> Vic, Vic was uh, what he just said. He just said by the letter of the law, Nigel did what he what he what he should do. But we, we yeah. both so you've got to have a little bit of. I'm. I'm, I'm and he's a, he's a great referee, Nigel. I'm not knocking it for that. He's, he's probably the best in the world. But I mean, just a little bit of common sense. Like when they, I, I, we talked about when Sam Warburton got the red card in the World Cup. I mean, mm-hmm. by the letter of the law, that was a red card offence. But it wasn't. Yeah. If you were any common sense at all, that wasn't a red card offence. And I think from what I've heard and what I've seen of the fleecy thing, it was the same thing. Yes, technically it was a red, but it wasn't a red. If you know what I mean? But it's almost like a pointless. It's like a moot point because you know they're going to be reds. The fact we don't want them to be reds. Really, it's the responsibility's on the player to say, "Well, you need to not do it because you know what's going to happen." And you can but say it's fact, ruining the game. But it's a been fact. playing for like twenty-five years. He's forty years old. You can't expect a man to change his tackling techniques now. <laughs> Jesus. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Good point. What else have we learned? This we get. So, speaking of red cards, and some red cards are really not very difficult to give at all. Did you see David Pace for London Irish? Yeah, that was a bit obvious, wasn't it? That one happened. Uh, he was off the ball and he ran full tilt and basically <laughs> did a flying shoulder into somebody's head. Basically. Yeah. Off the ball. It was... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, ran, he, he ran after... Just a bit defense. of a ticket off that. Boys will be boys. Five <laughs> Norman would have said, come here, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Any one of that from you, you'd be having an early bar. Yeah. Uh, speaking mean, about they, Welsh refs, though... Is, was, the well, best part is that... David Pace was captain for the day, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, nothing says captaincy gets... like you know maiming an opponent to getting red carded. That's what it's all yeah. about. In the old days, that would be applauded. Exactly. Was Over it, the top, was... lads. Let's go. <laughs> it wasn't. It was it even late in the game. I don't think it was. Was it? No, it was fairly early on. That was, oh, was even. They played fourteen men for quite a significant chunk of the game, and you know, and the London Irish have got enough problems to start with. I was going to say <laughs> that's what you need when you're absolutely you're rooted to the bottom of the Premiership, isn't it? Speaking of Welsh refs today, it makes you think, it's funny, isn't it? When Nigel has a slightly bad game, how people then immediately transfer to slagging him off for appearing on television sometimes. Yes, it's, it's almost like... It's just under the surface, isn't it? When he makes one bad oh yeah, because he's a fucking sealer celebrity on the telly all the time. That's why he's like, no, he just, <laughs> yeah, he just made a call you don't agree he, with, mate. Yeah. That's why he missed that late hit. Yeah, it's because he was filming Jonathan last night. <laughs> it's because he was mind drifting when he thought of a really good punchline in Welsh just as that went <laughs> flying in there. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. No, well, but, no, but you know, it's he un- was it's not, in Wales, it's different because he's, he's on TV seven days a week. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, we basically know more about him than we know about most of our close friends and family. BBC so. Wales will make anything if it's related to Welsh somehow, won't it? 
I've got yeah, this. Pro- I've got this idea for a program. It's about like a beach ball bouncing around a room. That sounds shit. It's a Welsh beach ball. All right, fair enough. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want a series? <laughs> we, have two, we have two series of six episodes of Christmas. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. You cheeky man. <laughs> Maybe I'm just that bad. I don't know. Maybe you should try the beach ball. Yeah, idea. The, you can have that beach ball idea if you want. I'll have it. Thanks, man. I have that. I'll, I'll write it up. Tonight, there's nothing else. The funny thing about Nigel, I watched a, I did a, a radio show. There's a woman called Larry Sean, who, who Josh will know, does a Radio Wales show. Also does the Jonathan show on Welsh language on S4C. And they told him, when, I, I might get this wrong, but I think Nigel Owens originally came out on the Jonathan show. Yeah, in a cupboard. Really? He literally take, yeah. he opened a and cupboard. Just, just, he just started coming out closet. of the closet. Is that, see? No, no one got it, because it's like a Welsh, like, everyone who watches S4C is a farmer who goes to church. <laughs> No one got it. Then it yeah. came out again. <laughs> Why did you do Why? this? Is the second time. I have sex with men. <laughs> How can I make this clearer? No? Beckin. Boys, Beckin. Steady. Anyway. Yes. Is that all we've learned for the weekend? That ra- yes, good. We're, we're all over the shop, aren't we? Right then, let's have a quick... Hadley Park's got me to thinking, right? No Welsh rugby players should be called Hadley Parks. Because Welsh no. players should be called things like Terry. Yes. Or Jonathan. Or at a push, Avion. Yes. Everywhere you, you go, you... you meet a Welsh bloke called Terry. Have you noticed that? When you go on holiday, I always meet I a Welsh bloke called Terry. I should take a mick of this and say that the two... if You you know, like a Pope has always got a paper name and his real name. Yes. I said that people in Cardiff should either be called Terry or Tony is one of their names, because they always are. <laughs> yeah, they're one of them, all right, Terry, all right, Tony, I'll go, mate. Well, you know Terry, do you? Yeah, yeah, I do, yeah, I know Terry, yeah. I, I trained at a gym, I used to train at a gym in, in a place called Ely in Cardiff, right, and, and I met right. a fellow Ely's there a lovely Tony, place. Called Tony, yeah, <laughs> called Tony Crocker, an old rugby player, and I, I started chatting about rugby, and I introduced myself. And at the end of it, he said, anyway, take care, Terry. I said, well, yeah. <laughs> so, the next time I came to the gym, he, he called me Terry for about two months. But he shot across the whole gym. I knew people in there. Terry, all right, mate? Oh, Terry, all right, yeah. Right, yeah, totally, right. I like to play for the Wanderers at the time, the Morgan Wanderers. Um, um, I, I think he thought I was full of shit because he said, you, you play on a Saturday, did you, Terry? I said, yeah, yeah, mate. I, I, <laughs> and he said, because you, you weren't in the programme. <laughs> so that was great I had a similar thing at work where there was this bloke who I kind of knew through working with another organisation who every time he saw me he called me Patrick I go alright Gary he go, he go hi Patrick I go alright and I walked past him and then we were in a meeting and, he, and I said I'm Lee Calvert blah 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 and after the meeting he went hey why didn't you tell me you were called Lee not Patrick but I said it's alright because it we were always past each other he said fine I walked past him two days later I said hi Gary he went alright Patrick <laughs> So I did a gig, I'll tell you this, a, a non-rugby anecdote. I did a gig in a place called the Swan Theatre in High Wycombe, right? And there was a woman called Ninia Benjamin, who's a compere, kind of comedian. Uh, and I was just started doing comedy. So I was on first, and she was comparing it. And she, she gets very flustered and very sweary. She's lovely. She said, oh, fuck, fuck, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. So what's your name? What's your name? I said, uh, uh, Mike Bubbins. What? Mike Bubbins. Huh? Mike Bubbins. <laughs> Babbins, Babbins, is that your real name? Yeah, Babbins, yeah, that's it, yeah. Mark Babbins, yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> is that your real name? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, she goes on stage, waffles for about 10 minutes, right, and then says, please welcome to the stage my good friend Dave Dobbins. 
I used to walk on stage and say, listen, Dave's stuck in traffic. I'm just going to fill in for him. So, and after the gig, I was talking to her. And she said, oh, I'm so fucking embarrassed. I said, don't worry about it. It happens, don't worry. No, but you said your name to me. I was thinking, Dobbin the horse, Dobbin the horse. And then I just blurted out Mark Babbins. <laughs> so I, said, I said, no, that's my name. And she went, no, you're Dave Dobbins. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Uh, anybody ever mistaken you for anybody else? Uh, no, the advantage of having a name that is exclusively used by um, 13 year old chav boys <laughs> is that uh, I, nobody ever guessed my name wrong. So, before we went off on that little riff, I was saying that Welsh rugby yes. players shouldn't be called Hadley Parks because right. let's play a what does Hadley Park sound like it should be more like, okay? Yes. First of all, Hadley Park sounds like a new build estate where you can get a reasonable two bedroomed house with help to buy assistance from the government. Yes. Yes. See, I think Hadley Park sounds like a caravan park near Saundersfoot with on-site entertainment nine months of the year. That does sound good. Hadley, Hadley Parks. We should go there. That would be a good yeah, weekend, that. It would. Hadley or... Park sounds to me like, like an like a, like a upper-class conscientious objector. Yes. Yeah. It also you know, like a polar explorer or something. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> or a, yeah, for, a former leader of a Shire County Council who's now deeply embroiled in a sexual abuse scandal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, Hadley Parks could be a Vossel Conference football ground in the home county. <laughs> that is a very good one. Yes. What about a, a UKIP councillor? Yes. The former yes. Viceroy of India, who did much to improve <laughs> Anglo-Indian relations. Yeah. Um, it could be one of those like shady financial services companies with a corporate box at Twickenham. <laughs> yeah, that's very... Yeah. Or a PPI company called Hadley yes. Parks for your PPI. Yeah. Yes. What about a, a Nazi sympathising admiral in the Navy? <laughs> Who had to yeah. be given a post in like, in like the West Indies just before the operation? <laughs> he was best yeah, well, major then with the eighth. Yeah. 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 Oh, so there you go. So, but he's not. He's a 12 for Wales. But there you go. Yeah. That's what we think he might. And a bloody good one. And a bloody, a bloody good one at that. Right then, we are now going to move on to shit good. But before yes. we do that, here is a little advertisement break. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome back. Shall we do shit good? Buy things. Right. Shall I join with this? You can join in as much as you want, Mike. You're here to join in. I think you've already joined in. You can keep going. Thanks, Mike. Right, what have we got? Cheers, Terry. Cheers, Cheers Terry. 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 Yeah. Nice one, Terry. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, who wants to start me off? Josh, give us a what uh, shit or good? good. Shit, uh, good then. Go. Um, James Lowe for Leinster. Signed for yes. the Chiefs, two tries on his debut. Um, he's going to be good, isn't he? And then he's going to play for Ireland in like three years' time. He's not got an all-black cap, no? No. Oh. He's free and easy and looks already very... When he was amazing for the Chiefs... He scored two tries in his debut for Leinster. Ah, 
he's going to be another one, isn't he? I'll tell you what was good for me is when uh, Wasp scored that last-minute winner in that game, mm. it cut straight to Die Young. Who was basically completely emotionlessly drinking out of a paper cup. <laughs> His capacity exactly to show no emotion. Oh, yeah. I think he was kind of spitting the emotion into the cup. But it was, yeah, he's just totally and utterly deadpan drinking out of a paper cup as his team won the game. I've literally, I've seen him smile once this year. And that was the merest hint of a smile when Thomas Young came on against Exeter and instantly won a penalty at the breakdown after being out for like three months. And then there was like the merest little twinge at the corner of his mouth where he looked pleased. And that was it. Josh, you're from Aberdeer. Is that just what Aberdeer does to you? Yeah. (laughs) Basically. You're from Aberdeer. I am from Aberdeer, yeah. Good place to leave. Are you still there now or are you? (laughs) No, thanks. Surprisingly enough, I have left like everybody else. Yeah. Just like I'm basically exactly the same as Dario. I went to the scariest pub. I've been to some scary pubs in my time. Like one of my scariest pubs ever was in Aberdeen. It was the top of the of the square there. There's like oh, a tr- black lion. Yeah, the black lion. That was it. And I had to spend the whole evening <laughs> looking at my shoes because I didn't want to start with any of the locals. And, <laughs> and the two the two bouncers who worked in the black lion were massive lads. Terry and Tony. Yeah, Terry and Tony. <laughs> I think they subcontracted for the kebab shop down the square. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, because they would run down the kebab shop, fill somebody in down there, and then run back. <laughs> that's brilliant. Flexible working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oliver Davis got in touch on uh, email, I think, or Twitter. Oh no, Facebook page. And he pointed out, "Have you seen the comment that Ben Teo left on Danny Care's Instagram video?" Which no. is a, the most depressingly 2017 sentence I think I've ever heard. Well, Danny Kerr but... put a video on Instagram saying this beats any feeling in the world. And it was his kid running up to him at the end of the game. It was all very nice if you're into that yes. kind of thing. But basically, Ben Teo responded with... That. Yeah. Um, ben Teo responded with, Look, there's Mike Brown looking around to see if anyone's running to hug him. Probably not. LAUGHTER <laughs> They're, they're oh, the same, they play for the same national team. I'm going to follow him immediately. <laughs> it's almost. Hey, can I say it good? Can I say it good? Or are yes, we on yes. ship? No, no I'm good. Say good. Dan Bigger, first half for Wales. It was um, brilliant. He was absolutely fantastic. And the way that he. I, I think I tweeted that he had, he had a foot like Dan Marino's arm. It, it, his <laughs> kicking was so accurate in that first half. It was such a. And Jiffy called it early on. He said they're coming up very flat, they're very, very quick. They needed to look into use the kicking game, and I thought biggest kicking was absolutely fabulous. Particularly the the uh, kick for the Hallam Amos break that led that to the first try. Yeah. Oh, oh, what a magnificent! Nice he's crossed and, the sixty cap boundary as well, hasn't he? Just before he bumped off to say yes, so he's fine to uh, to carry on. Good with Miami Dolphins, he can go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shortly before, well, that happened actually one of the good things that amused me probably the first time ever john inverdale has made me laugh out loud what steady just before just before kickoff he referred to the spring box as the sprong books <laughs> and genuinely <laughs> it made me so it literally even if we hadn't scored in the first five minutes i would have been set for at least 20 minutes of just being amused i, I don't i mean <laughs> we've all been there of getting our words wrong but that is glorious 
What else did we get? I'm good as well. Uh, Andy and Brum got in touch. And I don't know if you saw this in the Newcastle game. You see, <laughs> did you see Toby Flood's yellow card? No, I didn't. But it was a mall, and Newcastle yeah. and Leicester. How did Toby Flood get a mall, a yellow card from a mall? Well, because he ran in full pelt head first into the side of the mall, fell straight over, got trampled on, and caused the mall to fall over. Conceded a penalty try, then got yellow carded for his trouble. Good that is spectacularly Toby Flood. And that was that was after speaking of Flood. When Harry Mallander scored his first try, he went on an arcing run outside and cut inside Toby Flood. And as he ran past Toby Flood, Toby Flood turned round and properly did a jumping up and down stampy foot Yosemite Sam tantrum. <laughs> that, that Mallander, it was it's amazing. If you get the highlights of it, it is truly dis- amazing. And then of course Northampton lost again, and Mallon and Jim Mallander, of course, was once again very disappointed at the end of the game because <laughs> that's his. It's a, I'm very disappointed. Well, I can't. He can't last much longer. Surely it's really. Well, unless you get a South Africa job off Kutsia, maybe. Yeah, I mean like swap jobs. I said at the weekend, Kutsia looks like a haggard and baffled Perkin Flump from the Flumps. <laughs> Do you remember the brown one from the Flumps? That's exactly well, that's wonderfully what. Niche. Well, didn't you? That is <laughs> incredible. I mean, that is that's one for the kids. That. Reaching up and just pulling that. that yeah, I was more of a clangers than myself, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> What else have we got that's good? Anybody got anything else before I go to Twitter? Um, good. I tell you what, I was watching uh, Quinns against Saris yesterday afternoon, and yeah. I tell you, he was bloody, really good. Jamie Roberts. Yeah. Was he? He was. You know how Jamie, when Jamie Roberts used to have a bit about him and wasn't, like, cripplingly slow? Yeah. And used to hit the line at pace and just fucking batter people? Yeah. He was doing that all afternoon for Quinns. He was literally just flying like an absolute, like an 18 stone, six foot five rocket. And Owen Farrell had a horrible time. He have, was you just, met, have you met him up close? He's a huge bloke. He's isn't a he? giant of a man. He's got hands like shovels. He's, he, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, I love Jamie dearly for everything he's done for Wales. He's been terrible for us for two years, but it would genuinely made me really happy. Oh, that's great. To just see him smashing over the game line and just trashing people left right and center and to be fair he played his like two tries just through being an absolute nuisance off first phase ball and that was just not released him. for the welsh squad on the on the weekend then with that no they were, he wasn't allowed we still don't entirely know how Falatau was allowed yeah. unless it was just sympathy because we have no other number eights at all Maybe his contracts. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they must have paid. Bath must be basically paying the fine because they'll get fined. I get the feeling that when he when they say he says I'm going and they go no you're not to loop I'm afraid you're under contract. Yeah. I reckon he just pulls that completely emotionless face and just walks. Yeah, out. and just because what because what can you do with that? What could you yeah. do with that? What's that mean? Was there a meme on Twitter with him just in in like, and it was just it was just to loop Fellow's face in various exciting uh, scenarios. We started yeah, that historical Talupe. Yeah, Did you stop? Did you start that? Yes. Yeah. It lasted oh, about three tweets. Thank you. Yes. It, it was never going to go viral because, frankly, the, the tariff of difficulty of doing photoshopping is too high for most people. <laughs> we had a really fun afternoon photoshopping Talupe into various horrendous historical. No, they were funny. Listeners, get on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's bring Don't let back. the light go out. No. Well, that's uh, other good, go on, speaking go. of good things, did you see the photo of Alan Wynne Jones, trainee groundskeeper? Yes. Game? Oh, Jesus Christ. Mowing the lawn. <laughs> I, I mean, I just. 
I want to know what happened here because he was just in full kit. It wasn't like he came out afterwards. Do you he reckon he had his like socks and shoes off like he does when he does the Ospreys press conferences? He had his socks and shoes know. off a full kit. He still had he still had the tape in on his thighs from the game, <laughs> so it was literally like full time, and he's like having a go, and people are like, "Oh, he's pretending to be humble." I don't think it is. I think he just genuinely wanted to go on one of the mowers. I think he's mentally unwell if he's doing that. What's he doing? <laughs> I, I blatantly think he's one of those people. He's probably going to the groundskeeper. Oh, how do you get those stripes in your lawn then, bud? In me. <laughs> Teddy. <laughs> oh, Teddy. <laughs> oh, Teddy. <laughs> Give us a ride on that, mate. You can't have this one. You can have Tony. Tony! <laughs> in other post-game antics, did you see Adam Ashley Cooper posing with Godzilla oh, yes. to receive his Man the of the Co- Match The award? Kobe Steel mascot is like Godzilla. properly like... It's literally Godzilla. Yeah, from it the old movies. Is. It's a perfect yeah. replica of Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, the best part of that is how serious Adam Ashley Cooper looks where he's standing there <laughs> with a six-foot... Yeah, a six-foot-tall Godzilla on his right and an elderly Japanese man on his left. I'd like him to come out dressed as Godzuki in that situation. Yes, yeah, <laughs> or Mothra. Just... That would have been funny. That's a no- like... hey, talking niche. Godzuki is a proper niche Hello. 80s cartoon <laughs> reference. By what, a series. what a series special. <laughs> but nothing sums up the madness of Japanese rugby more than a kind of wow. very serious Japanese it. business would look in. Why are we an expensive not all elderly over- rugby? An expensive over thirties overseas signing and a completely batshit mascot all in one picture. That is basically <laughs> why perfect. is this not the most popular thing on television? Like, no wonder they get their earning absolute coin over there. It must just be like, yeah, the audience figures for it must be stellar. So we've we got this good from Twitter. Reese not got in touch on Twitter. Up, blood and mud. He said an early. He said, said, oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say something that's shit. Well, we'll do good but, first, then we'll come on to shit, Mike. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm dying for Keep shit. Keep your powder dry. <laughs> he said, um. <laughs> He said, Ollie Griffiths was outrageously good against Ulster. Back rowers yes, really shouldn't move that fast. In other um, Dragons-related, Bungle Moose got in touch and said, let me be the first to say that Dan Babos, is it Babos or Babos? The scrum half on his Dragons debut, twice his age. He's only 17 or 18. Christ. Keep That's an nice. eye on him. You like this one, Josh. Oshin C yes. said, good. Was Chubby Tommy running in a try for Exeter from the Ugh. 22, like an incredibly slow centre? including in a sidestep which would have embarrassed the Titanic. <laughs> if you are allowing him, Thomas Waldron, to score from anything less than six inches, you should be <laughs> fucking ashamed of yourself. Absolutely ashamed. And Bath should yeah. have been ashamed of themselves. There's only Absolutely. so much... Speaking of Bath, no brew, no clue. Blue, brew was playing, he scored, oh. and there's only so much clue giving that he can give. Yeah, he can't I mean, the man stop... is not actually Gandhi. <laughs> yeah, we we've, think he is, but he isn't. Yeah, he might well be the Welsh candy, but he's not actually. And he can only do... What well, Bath are weird, man. They make no sense as a team. They're like, they've gone Gloucester. They've gone... Gloucester are good now, and Bath have just inherited Gloucester's whatever. form is probably the thing that makes me most happy in the whole world right now. It's great. It doesn't make it? any sense, and it's ace. No. And Ackerman it still looks slightly bewildered and terrified all the time, despite yeah, being. And it will not last. Despite probably being the hardest man at the club, Johan Ackerman. Yeah, by a country. Worst, my worst gig ever was, was at the Gloucester do last year. I got asked to do the, their corporate there in the season. Oh, really? Oh, did you? At Cheltenham Racecourse, in this massive, like, 1500 seater venue, black tie do. And they said, when do you want to go on? I said, I don't care when I go on, really. I said, but either, either before the players all bugger off, or after the players all bugger off, just not during them buggering off. No, no problems. They they brought me on. At which point the coach should have said, 
you know, you, they made a quick announcement saying that players are going to go. You want know, players go home? They had a game in a couple of days. So all the players left as I was just starting my, my stand up 20 minutes. Uh, and I was just talking the back of 1,500 heads. People getting, <laughs> people getting selfies and, and getting things signed by the player. And I came off. And I didn't know anyone know I'd, I'd been on all come off. It was amazing. Just, <laughs> you basically just, could have got paid to not turn yeah. up that night. And there was yeah. a new, like, the big Kiwi bloke in the front row was just was just you know, sort of punching his heart when he saw me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Cracking gig, Terry. I'm doing the twenty minutes. I'm doing whatever happens. I'm doing. I'm getting the money for this. <laughs> so I came off the stage and he said, "I just felt sorry for you, bro." I said, "I just want to give you a big hug." I said, "Yeah." Well, I'll have it right now. So he gave me this massive hug, this piece, and then, <laughs> and then I started off. And it, I, you know, I remember it was pissing down the rain, and my car was parked about a mile away. And I forgot my umbrella, but I was too embarrassed to go back into the place and get my umbrella, so I just got wet and left the umbrella there. You, you, oh. You're absolutely puncturing, letting people behind the curtain of the wonderful life that a that a that a, that a full time job in media comedian guy has. Oh, the glamour, the glamour of it. <laughs> right then, uh, shall we move on to shit? Go on then, Mike. Yes. You on for shit, didn't you? Yeah, well, it's, it's quite. I mean, this has been a bugbear of mine for a while. We're all rugby fans. Um, people who, who sort of wave when they see the camera on them, I can, I can understand that. People wearing daffodil headdresses at rugby games should be sprayed with some sort of industrial strength weed killer. I mean, I would, I would quite, <laughs> I would quite happily cover them in paraquat. I, they, they, I don't know what they're doing. Who are these people? Who, who, who's selling the stuff? Who's selling the, the daffodil headdresses? And who the fuck is buying them, right? Idiots who have no... You know, these, these are people who wouldn't know the scoring system. I love, <laughs> I love rugby. How much is a try worth? Oh, three? No. <laughs> Penalty? One? Fuck off, right? Take <laughs> your daffodil headdress with you. See, you say that. I see, I, you always see those dodgy street vendors f- selling the Lee hats and the daffodil hats. In never in my life have I seen anyone actually buy one, and no. yet, and yet they're everywhere. I think it's a I special membership. It's like, it's like a shit version of Plaid Cymru. People are so embarrassed about buying them that it's sort of like you know when during rationing when you used to go to the shop and then get a little bit under the counter. Maybe it's that. Yeah, you just <laughs> something for the weekend, it, madam. They they drop it in a bin and you leave the cash on top or something. I don't know. I mean, I don't like people wearing the shirt. If you haven't played for the con- that country or that club, I'm not a big fan of wearing the shirt to a game, yeah. right? Well, that's hardcore, that is, Mike. But that to wear a daffodil Fundamentalist. Well, I am, I am. I wear a little tiny, a little three-feather silver pin in, in my jacket, and that is enough. Right? And a red and white scarf, knitted, without any names on it. That's all that Everything else is bullshit. And a massive Paisley shirt and a fur coat. You got it. <laughs> have you been following around on international basically? <laughs> what else have we got this shit? Uh, tell you what, shit is Rico Ioani says he wants to play thirteen next year because the last thing the rest of us need is that guy getting on his hands on the ball even do, fucking more. Do you think Rico Ioani knows what hubris means? Uh, no, <laughs> I think when you're that young and that good, it kind of just passes you by because he needs to calm it down. He does a little bit, doesn't he? But yeah, can you imagine him running the outside shoulder of the 13 every single fucking play? Yeah, but imagine having to defend the 13 channel. Think about it that way. Mate, it's not a game for defending anymore. If if the last couple of weeks has told me anything, defending is really overrated. Speaking of defence, in the Newcastle game, 
Sinotti Sinotti, so good they named him twice, um, <laughs> scored a try. Five players attempted to tackle him and didn't tackle him. So it's inexcusable, absolutely. It is absolutely inexcusable. I know he's a big lad, I know he's a big strong lad, but That's five people had a go at him. I'm surprised I didn't hear an audible sort of scream of annoyance from you, just <laughs> from wherever I was. How does that happen? Especially at a professional rugby level, you know? That shouldn't happen at club level. Even if you accept the fact he might have bounced the first two because he's a big lad, the fact that yeah. three then closed in on him and he still didn't tackle him. He's Absolutely pathetic, Just grab his shorts or something. Like, if you can't get old, just cling on, slow him down. Just Surely. hold on to him for Christ's sake. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Isn't he, he's... Just throw yourself at his legs, full Dan, Dan Lydiot style. Head first. What's the what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Port tackling technique is my is my is my real bugbear at the moment in rugby. You know that the, the people put their head on the wrong side of a tackle. Oh, I hate that. Going too high and, and and trying to put a big hit and a miss and tackles getting bounced off, getting handed off. Oh, getting the head on the wrong side is the one that absolutely fucking. Grips me. If you can't look at the neck like that, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, you, if you're making a side tackle with your head in front, you should be fucking dropped with idiocy. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like it's not just your team that you're hurting with that shit attempt at a tackle. It's you're putting yourself in a fucking hospital. Well, exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to name names, but it happens with with you know good players, just poor tackle. I don't. I don't know where they learn it. I don't. I don't know. You know, Christ. I I coach a little kids team. My my boys team. We don't do tackling that. That comes in next year. But you're taught how to tackle from like the age of nine. How could you? How could you be a professional rugby player in your twenties and not know how to tackle? It's bizarre, isn't it? I do think the coach differently to tackle now. It's not the old ringer steel or anything. They're not. They're not coached that anymore. Well, they are, but well, the coach something different now as well. Well, the offload sort of changed it. There was not. There wasn't a lot of offloading when we were, when we were playing, was there? You know, there, it was. It wasn't a big thing. Um, so now they're trying to tackle the ball a lot more than 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 going mm. low, trying to stop that offload. But I mean. Still, there's there's ways to do it. You know, it's just I'm an ex, I'm an old flanker, so I used to love tackling. That was the best part of the game for me. But I mean, <laughs> what else have we got? Mm. Speaking of injuries and things like that, um, Bruce McConaughey got in touch on Twitter. He said, "Shit for him is the fact that um, Robbie Freeman has had to retire." That is that, like genuinely very because he was. I remember. Is that remember what deal is it? Yeah, he's, uh, he's it's, done, it's, yeah, it's 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 not official yet. Oh, I don't think, but it is. It is. It's been widely reported, so I'd be very surprised yeah. if it's wrong. It's a, it's a, I remember remember when they uh, the Crusaders they had that horrible earthquake in Christchurch, and the Crusaders and the Sharks played at Twickenham. Yes, to make money. I went to that game, and that was Sonny Bill Williams at twelve, and Robbie Thruman at thirteen. Boom. And oh. genuinely, I've never seen something like I've watched Sonny Bill Williams a couple of times. He's a phenomenal player, but I've never seen him as good as when he had Freeman alongside him because he was such a good, just a big, physical, skillful, quick bloke. I saw everything you want in the 13, and I thought, yeah, that guy's definitely getting all black caps. And it's, yeah, it's a real shame. Imagine that Imagine that partnership coached by someone like Rob Howley. It'd be electric, wouldn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah, one amp, but electric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's um? What else have we got? The shit from Twitter. Rachel Simo got in touch and said shit was Courtney Laws's hair. Did you see it? Didn't know. He had a have top knot. Oh, oh, Courtney. It was very, and also because it's not quite long enough, it was all kind of falling out. Oh, so it looked like a top. It looked like again. I'm going to go full on. Re- you know, up to date references. She has no Bam Bam from <laughs> from the Flintstones. All <laughs> oh, right. That is, I mean, I actually got that reference, so that's not 
as bad by what your it? standards. He was, was he just it? beats the blame for the top knot, isn't he? Him or Jason Lee used to play for Nottingham Forest. Yes. Jazzy B preceded him. Pre- he probably him. did, yeah. <laughs> back to life, what, back though. to reality, back to in the air in a top knot. How is Courtney Laws going to be a hard as nails midfield, uh, you know, second row enforcer with a top knot? He's not an enforcer. He's a good player. Well, Marnonu did it with makeup on. So he's that is like very that. true, actually. But Marnonu's Marnonu. I don't think... I just... The top knot, man. It's too much. What else have we got on Twitter? Stateside Rugby got in touch and said, shit is the box yet again, yes, but double shit is Curtsia refusing to go and delusionally insisting that the situation is improving. thing is, it is improving on 12 months last year. Yeah, they are better than they were last year. It's just improving really slowly. I wonder how much of that is his decision. You know, I think the the SRFU are just sort of... Keep it, I don't know what they're going to bring in, but obviously anyone's better than him. But I, just, I feel sorry for him. He's, he's got that look when you see him in the stand and just thinking, oh, fucking get me out of here. But, well, and there's only so much he can control as well. It's like, was he coaching his back three to be that sh- much of a shambles? I, I think there's in a world of trouble, though, wouldn't it? I mean, financially and attendance-wise. You remember when it was... I mean. It was God in in South Africa, wasn't it? Rugby was huge. I mean, it was it was it was the thing. And just how can they be? Look at the, the the two teams that came into the into the um, into the pro um, fourteen, yeah, team setup. So bad. Do you know what I mean? I just uh, and you kept thinking, well, this is a blip. Well, they'll, they'll get better in a couple of weeks. Didn't happen. The cheetahs are okay at home, but Southern, oh, Southern, Southern Kings are terrible everywhere. But the attendances yeah. that they're getting are really no one cares. Good. Yeah. And it's not just and it's not just with the Pro 14 being a sort of new thing either. It's like the attendances were shit in Super Rugby. Well, that's why they they're... can't from Super Rugby because they have no one's going to watch the games. Yeah, and it's and like they've got dozens and dozens and dozens of players <laughs> playing abroad. Dozens. I think that is the a big part of it. Is so much of their quality. You know, they could their squad that's playing outside of South Africa would fucking paste a squad of Springboks that are currently on the field at the moment who are playing for them. You know, so what's their, what is their uh, registration rule? Is it the same? Is there, are they going to play their rugby? Um, no, they I think they have, have to, a 40, do they? It's just, but they it's... have a forty cap rule, right. I believe, or they're bringing that in. But it's you know it, what they, the problem. The problem they've got is a lot of players who are sort of on the fringes of Super Rugby or like nineteen, twenty, twenty-one are going to France or the Premiership. Well, one can remember watching a Springbok team where you couldn't name sort of nine or ten of the players. They, you know, just there's a lot of hmm. almost faceless players playing for hmm. the national team. You know? And I think a lot of people they've put a hell of a lot of faith in. I don't. I don't understand why Jesse Creel isn't very good. No, he really isn't very good. He's quite strong and pacey, but beyond that, he doesn't really have much going on at all. And he's probably the first name on the team sheet. And also, he's kind of. There's a lot of that kind of player where they'll have a game. They've had a game or two where they've looked good, but I've not seen much else to justify them. Like you know, Lou Diaga, for example, occasionally looked really good, but he's just been very eh, ever since, and he looks like a toddler. I mean, there is that. <laughs> and Edsabeth well, is blatantly bald. No, no amount oh, of surf man, and mullet coma over his sorting that. Absolutely fighting. <laughs> To the like a that what's got a spray on here that I use? It's really good stuff. <laughs> the problem with you know even Esther is that literally nobody is ever going to tell him that he needs to sort his hair out. 
because well, no, because I mean, he crushed your head in his arm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, his arms are. If you wanted to wear a top knot, could, could wear a top knot. Yeah, I'd let him, he could do whatever the hell he wanted. Can, can you imagine how much boldness it'd show if he pulled it into a top knot? <laughs> the top knot would be like around the back of his head. So you just yeah. bring it from the sides to cover the ball patch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And shave it on the side so it looks like it's sort of vaguely trendy. Yeah. Done. There we are, Evan, if you're listening. <laughs> sorted. sorted it, mate. Sorted. Don't worry about it. Have we got any more shit? Uh, have I got any more shit? I'm, I'm, um, just, I'm a very positive person, so... Um, <laughs> Apart shit, from the fact I... you just said well, rugby is doomed. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, it doesn't give me any joy to say it, but another week where Steph Evans did fuck all. Hmm. And it's quite sad because I really thought he'd be very good. But this week, the alarming thing was he got the ball in space quite a few times. Yeah. And he didn't have the pace to do what he does for the Scarlets and just break into, you know, get out a broken play and just burst into space and then score a try. He just got. I'm assuming scratched. he's no slower in a Welsh shirt, is he? So is he just the international <clears throat> opposition a quicker? Yeah, I think it's, he looks very fast at Pro 14 level. But test players are a damn sight quicker. I was against a poor back three as well against Africa. So you know, I mean, a poor back three, but a quick back three. It must be said. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they didn't know what to do when they actually catch you, but they can catch you. They're baffled (laughs) when they actually catch up with you. Yeah, yeah. they just sort of run past. They throw run past you. They think it's a race. I think shit for me was was another shit for me was only just beating a poor Springbok team and being being sort of. People being pleased with that, some some idiots, you know, because yeah, it's it, weird. But you look at like Scotland, where they absolutely thumped them, you know, and England thumped them, and we're, we're scraping a win against a very bad team. Like, yeah, a win's a win is the most despicable phrase ever oh, invented what? in sport, I, and it's used I, exclusively I, by morons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I spent a, a certain portion of my Saturday afternoon dealing with that very type of moron on the social medias, and yes. A win's God. a win, mate. A win well, isn't a fucking... <laughs> Yeah, we that... should have beaten that mob by 30 points. Let's be yeah. honest. We didn't. I think that brings us to the end of this little gallop through our yes. rugby Ooh. weekend. Before oh. we go, oh, shit watch. Oyanar. Oh, yeah. I'm not, yeah. yeah. Can they still go watch Oyanar still going. Worcester next week. Double header. Let's see what happens. I must point out, though, for those of you who are completely baffled by what shit watching the Cuthbert Police on Cup is, you can read about it now at bloodandmud.com slash CPC. You can find out all about it there if you want to know what we're talking about. But Oyanar's still got it after another humdinger, by the way. Yeah. 33-30 to breathe. Yeah. They were up 30-26 at one point. Such is the way of the CPC. It's because Mm -hmm. they, they have to keep it for the European games. Yes. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. Indeed. Josh, it's been as it usually is. As we'll, per, yeah. <laughs> we'll, see you, uh, we'll speak to you all again next week. Thank you very much and goodbye. Take it easy. The unmissable Sky Black Friday sale has arrived. Get Sky Q with the TV you love all in one place. And lightning fast broadband with our best ever Wi-Fi all around your home. Plus, choose from Sky Sports or Sky Cinema. All for just €60 a month for 12 months with no setup fees. Don't miss out this Black Friday. Just search Sky Black Friday. New customers only. Availability subject to location. Minimum terms and further terms apply. For more info, see sky.ie slash speeds. Offer ends December 9th. 
Social Podcast Network.